Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness, it's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Hello, and welcome to Vitality Radio and the Vitality Radio Podcast. I am your host each and every week. My name is Jared St. Clair, and it is good to be with you again on another episode of Vitality Radio. I am really excited for today's episode. It's uh, partly a continuation of last week when uh, I talked about superbugs and the concern that I have about superbugs being a residual outcome of the uh, COVID-19 disinfecting campaign that's going on. So I'm going to talk about how you can prevent superbugs from mutating into super-er bugs and eventually killing us all, which is a actually a really big concern. I'll go into that in some detail about what you can do in your own home with your own hygiene, with your own cleaning, all those things that you can do to help prevent this thing from going where it's going. The experts say that by 2050, 30 years from now, that 50 million people a year in the world, 50 million people a year in America will be dying from superbugs. Right now, that number is closer to seven or 800,000, still way too many, but imagine 50 million. It's a staggering number. So I'm going to talk all about that in the second half of the show. The first half, of course, I'm going to do my ranting. I need to do that, get that off my chest, and that's always fun. And before I get into that, a couple of things I want to announce. Uh, First of all, of course, Vitality Radio is always brought to you by Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful, Utah, my parents' store that became my store about 25 years ago, just celebrated our 43rd birthday. It's hard to believe, 43 years selling health foods, vitamins, minerals, herbs, all that good stuff, and helping to educate people on how to take care of their health, which of course is why I do Vitality Radio. Now, Vitality Nutrition is at 107 South 500 West in Bountiful, and you can reach us at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Now, the radio goes a lot of places pretty far and wide from Bountiful, Utah. And of course, the podcast goes everywhere. So if you need help and you can't make it in in person, just give us a call. We're happy to help you no matter where you are with your health and nutrition needs. Again, our number 801-292-6662. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Vitality Radio. You can find us at vitalityradio.com. If you want to listen to previous episodes, that's where you will find them. You can also find them on any podcast app. I release two shows a week as a podcast, this live broadcast that hits the radio every Saturday morning, but then I release a show from the last few years, a vintage Vitality Radio show every Wednesday, and even bonus episodes as podcasts only. So if you enjoy the show, you want to hear more, that's where you can hear more. You can also share it with your friends and family members as well. And I would very much appreciate that. As part of our 43rd birthday celebration, we did something really fun. I announced it over the last couple of weeks on the show. We had 
43% off of 43 different items for our 43rd birthday. That's something we've never done before, not just because we've never turned 43 before, but because I've never had 43 products at that big of a discount at one time at Vitality Nutrition. And it was pretty awesome, actually. Uh, We got a great response. A lot of people listening to this show came in. A lot of our regular uh, customers in the Davis County area and beyond came in. And we had a fantastic sale, a fantastic birthday celebration. We gave away a lot of great stuff that our vendors provided us with. Anyway, fun times. I had 43 items at the beginning of the weekend. We had quite a few less than that as we sold out of quite a few of them, but we still have 30 plus items. And I'm going to do something just for Vitality Radio listeners because I love that you're willing to listen to me and uh, I greatly appreciate it. So whether you call in and we do it over the phone or you come in Saturday the 5th, that's today if you're listening live, or Monday, those two days only, We're going to extend that 43% off on the rest of the items that we have on that uh, display for our birthday, but it's only if you mention Vitality Radio. Some of my favorite items on there, colloidal silver soap. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later in the show. One of the coolest little creations ever, colloidal silver soap. Absolutely fantastic stuff. Actually, one of my favorite soaps now. I use it a lot. CBD, what I call the Green 15. This is from CV Sciences, one of my favorite CBD companies and a CBD company that makes great products. We have several of their items. We have their Green 15, which is their 15 milligram capsule. A lot of people don't know that CBD comes in capsules, but it does. This one in particular, people love for the stress support and sleep support uh, purposes, but some people also use it for the anti-inflammatory benefits. A really great CBD that normally retails for $69.99. It is 43% off just for you listening to this show on Saturday the 5th and Monday the 7th. That's uh, Labor Day, which we are open till 5 that day. So those are the two things. Uh, or the two days that you can come get it, just mention Vitality Radio. That brings it all the way down to like 39 bucks from 69 bucks. That's a two-month supply if you're taking one a day. So a really, really good value on an excellent CBD. They also have CBD balms, roll-ons, creams, and lotions, all of which are 43% off. My favorite magnesium bath salts. You've heard about me putting my feet in these bath crystals with water in a little foot bath to absorb magnesium better to help combat stress, to help improve sleep to help balance all the things that need balancing with magnesium. Uh, They are 43% off while supplies last. Also, my favorite herb for stress reduction is ashwagandha. Ashwagandha helps to mitigate high cortisol levels. It is an amazing herb from India. It is considered one of the top, I think, three herbs in Indian medicine. And the best form, as far as the research is concerned, is sensorial ashwagandha. This particular ashwagandha is fantastic, and normally it's going to cost you anywhere from $18 to $25 or $30 with the 43% off on the sensorial ashwagandha. It's like $10. It's a really, really good value for my favorite herb, really. I love ashwagandha. And then we do have a great deal on whey protein if you're someone who needs more protein in your life. A six-pound whey protein isolate, a big old bag of whey protein, 76 servings, 25 grams of protein per serving, I think one gram of carbohydrate. So it is a very, very good one. Tastes great too, both in chocolate and chocolate peanut butter, 
on sale, normally 99 bucks for that thing for $57, one of the most high quality proteins you can get for one of the best prices. We Well, actually the best price we've ever had. So anyway, that's enough of the marketing stuff, but really good deals only available on the 5th and the 7th of September, 2020. If you're listening to this podcast three weeks later, sorry, you missed out, but hopefully you're listening on the radio right now or to the podcast uh, before these deals expire. Uh, give us a call if you have any questions, 801-292-6662. And without further delay, it is time for the Vital Rant. In a world full of often confusing messages about health, let Jared be your guide through the smoke screens of corporate greed, media bias, government ineptitude, and propaganda. When you see what is really happening, you'll be ranting too. It's time to expose the hidden agendas. It's time for the truth. It's time for the vital rant. All right, all right, it's time to rant. Big news, big news hit right after right after I gave you the last show and I've been chomping at the bit to share more with you and it is time to do that. I've got four headlines that I've pieced together that all deal with this exact same report that came out from the CDC and I want you to pay attention to the contrast in the tone of these headlines. I think it's very interesting. The first one from MSNBC, CDC finds only 6% of coronavirus deaths are solely from COVID-19. Another headline, did COVID-19 cause only 6% of coronavirus deaths? Viral posts misrepresent the CDC report. And another one, new CDC data states for 6% of the deaths, COVID-19 was the only cause mentioned. And the last one says, Enron level scandal, CDC reports just 6% of COVID-19 deaths were from COVID-19 only. So there's your headlines. They're all over the place. I literally typed in to do that search. All I typed in was CDC 6%, and I got pages of headlines having to do with this report. So here's what the report actually says, and I'm condensing this greatly, believe me. Only 6% of all of the 153,504 deaths recorded actually died exclusively from COVID. That's 9,210 deaths. The other 94% had on average 2.6 other serious illnesses, also known as comorbidities. The overwhelming majority were of very advanced age. So first, let's talk about why the headlines seem to conflict. Some are calling it a scandal. Others are saying, whoa, it's being misrepresented. So what's the truth in this? Did the CDC admit to something? Well, listen, even Deborah Burks from the president's coronavirus task force admitted privately, but it got out, that she couldn't trust anything coming out of the CDC. (laughs) That's a problem. She said that she thought the numbers were probably exaggerated by as much as 25%. Now, that's the total death numbers and the total illness numbers or infection numbers is what she was talking about. So maybe they're 25% higher than they really are. There's a lot of evidence that that's probably true. We also know that we have something like a 50% 
false positive rate with the tests. So there's a lot of issues with the numbers. And I think even people who are kind of apologists for the CDC admit that that is the case. Regardless, if Deborah Birx is saying it, and she's essentially part of that group and on the president's White House task force, then it's a, it's a bit of a problem. And of course, over the years, if you've listened to me, I've raised lots of concern over the misleading reports coming out of that organization. And so the question is for me, or was for me, as I just read the headlines and hadn't read the actual data first, was, is this just par for the course for the CDC? Well, actually, if this is scandalous, then it's scandalous in retrospect as it relates to the lockdown and mandates that we have had sweep across the country. But it doesn't necessarily mean that these people who had comorbidities didn't ultimately die because of coronavirus infection. So let's discuss what a comorbidity actually is. If someone dies and they have heart disease or diabetes or both or COPD or obesity or both or cancer or all of the above or any number of other diseases and they also contract COVID-19 or it is suspected that they had COVID-19, then on the death certificate, it has been written up as someone dying of COVID-19 with the comorbidity of whatever else they were ill with. So maybe the death certificate, according to the study, 2.6 on average comorbidity factors. So these people were not just sick with heart disease or diabetes or COPD. They were sick with two and a half of these things on average. So obviously many of them had three or more of these comorbidities. And so, yes, COVID-19 was the infection. The question is, did they die because they had heart disease? Did they die because they had COPD? Or did they die because they had COVID and COVID eventually led their COPD condition to get worse to the point of dying? And the problem with this is we really don't know the answer to that. What we do know is that these were compromised people. Now, for years, or for years, for months, we've been hearing from the quote-unquote experts, Fauci, Burks, and the rest of them, that those are the people at the highest risk. And nobody has really doubted that. That's kind of typical of any illness, is that, or any infection, I should say, is that those at the highest risk are going to be the people who are already sick with something else, who have a compromised health picture, whether it's compromised immunity or, or anything else. Now, we've learned from the CDC report that the two primary comorbidities I thought were, were very interesting because they were not asthma or COPD or TB or specifically lung-related conditions or respiratory-related conditions. They were actually hypertension, also known as high blood pressure, or obesity. I thought that was kind of interesting. Now, I think part of that, maybe a lot of that, is because those are two of the biggest categories of illness that we have in this country obesity and hypertension. So maybe it just goes along the lines of how many people actually have these things. We don't know that either because the report was pretty specific on a lot of things, but it was specific only to people with COVID, not to the greater population you know, at large. So there are a lot of things we can discuss here, but my goal here is not to discuss the CDC report actually much at all. It's not even to discuss the merits of a lockdown or not, or the merits of masks or not. I've talked a lot about all of that on previous episodes. I do want to mention two things that we have to look at retrospectively 
in order to get a grip on what this CDC report actually means. And I'll mention those briefly, and then I'll get into what I think the CDC report really means when it comes to our health as a nation. So first, let's talk about this. I have taken a stance, and it is a very strong stance, and it's been, I don't know, at least somewhat controversial for sure, more for some than for others. And that is that I believe the lockdown was egregiously overreaching. And I believe this is evidence of that because what we have is the first time in history that a healthy populace has been quarantined for the sake of the sick. And that is strange because if you are healthy, if you don't have a previous illness or a chronic condition that you're dealing with, then hiding from a virus makes very little sense. So I've talked about that a lot. And in 94% of cases, according to the CDC, the sick are the ones who needed to be quarantined if anyone was. So the lockdown caused all kinds of things, everything from hotline increases, uh, increased calls of hotlines for domestic violence and other things, as well as excessive unemployment, significant hit to the economy, the deaths of despair. I've talked about children who are going to die in much higher numbers according to the studies that have been done, and so on and so forth. So first, we have to look at that. But second, according to the CDC, as of, uh, as of September 2nd, we have 100 total deaths among children from COVID nationwide. 100. I couldn't find the comorbidity numbers for those children in the report. It's probably there, but it's a very big report, and I couldn't figure out how to find that. But if we assume that 94% of those kids had a comorbidity or multiple comorbidities, in other words, other illnesses that were chronic at the time, and we apply that number, then we know that about six total children who were otherwise healthy have died over the seven months that COVID has been here in America. And that's assuming that the CDC numbers aren't inflated by 25%, like Deborah Burks suspects that they are. That's an interesting thing, because if we take six over seven months, that's less than one per month. Now, any death of any child is tragic, absolutely. But less than one death a month in a country with 330 million people, that's a very, 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 very small Number. So the question I have going retrospectively again is, why are we having mask mandates in schools? Why are kids being schooled you know, two days at school and three days at home, depending on what county you live in and what state and so on and so forth? And before you call me, uh, you know, I don't know what you'd call me, <laughs> liberty-loving freak that is belittling all of these mandates, whatever you want to call me. Before you call me that, let's look at an expert, an expert from the actual task force that the president has put together on the COVID-19 response. Dr. Scott Atlas recently said that there is no science behind having children not attend school. There is zero science for having children wear masks or having spacing when they have zero risk from the disease. His words, not mine. To have children wear a mask would be irrational, he said. You either believe in the science or you say you believe in the science and you act contrary to that science. There is zero risk to children for getting something serious or dying 
from this disease. Anyone who thinks schools should be closed is not talking about the risks to children. Let's talk about the risk to teachers, he says. The teachers are a young population in the U.S. K-12 through teachers, one half of them, are under 41 years old. 82% are under 55 years old. These are not high-risk age groups. We know this by now. There is no reason to lock up the children. The harms for the children staying home is the biggest problem. Long-distance learning is a failure. There is no rational reason or science to say that children transmit the disease significantly. That is according to Stanford Neuroradiology Chief Dr. Scott Atlas from the President's COVID-19 Task Force. Now, those are the two points I wanted to bring up as we look back in retrospect at how the government has reached into our lives and mandated all these things. And then we look at the government's own reporting saying, oh, it's 6% of the people, of of quote-unquote healthy people, that have died of COVID. And again, that's assuming that the numbers aren't inflated. About 9,000 people, we look at the other causes for illness and, or sorry, death, I should say, in this country. Over a seven-month period, there's hundreds of them that add up to more than that. So, again, that's the brief part. I don't <laughs> don't always go do good at brief. But let's talk about what I believe nobody is talking about, or very few people, when it comes to this report from the CDC. The real problem with COVID, or pretty much any other infection, viral or otherwise, in this country, is that our health as a nation is horrifyingly bad. Now, you can't see my notes, but that's in caps. Horrifyingly bad, okay? Just a basic set of numbers that I want you to take in and hear, take to your heart, because it's a big deal. Six out of 10, 60% of of adults in the United States have a chronic illness. Six out of 10. Four out of 10 adults have two or more chronic illnesses. The leading causes of death and disability and the leading drivers of the nation's $3.3 trillion in annual health care costs are these chronic illnesses. And get this, I said six out of 10 of us have a chronic illness. Four out of 10 have two or more. Well, 12% of us have five or more. That's insane. Now, you might be one of those people. You may have a chronic illness. Some people don't think of themselves as chronically ill if they have, say, high blood pressure, especially if it's medicated and under control. But that counts. That counts as a chronic illness. Guess what else counts as a chronic illness? I mentioned it before. Obesity counts as a chronic illness. And in America, we have an epidemic of obesity. Now, what I'm about to say is not intended to be inflammatory. It's not intended to be in any way judgmental, and it's not intended to be me pointing fingers. I'm actually pointing a finger in the mirror at myself while I say some of this stuff because I don't think I've shared this on the air, and I I haven't on purpose, so I'll give you a little teaser because it's going to happen in a few weeks, but I've had a chronic, not what would be considered illness, but a chronic hip issue 
over the last little while that I'm trying to figure out. And I guess I have talked about it a little on the air, but I finally figured out what it was. And I won't tell you what that is yet because I, I'm not done fixing it yet. But I'll explain all of that in the future very soon. But with my chronic hip thing, yeah, weight gain hasn't been so good, especially with the changes and the stress of COVID and all the other kind of stuff. And now I am heavier than I should be. And I've talked about this on Vitality Radio on many occasions. I love gummy bears. Have I talked about? Yeah, I've talked about that. I love donuts. They're delicious. And I love pizza. These are all things that nobody should ever eat if they want to have optimum health. But I also believe in moderation, and so I'm not going to tell you not to eat those things ever because I don't avoid those things all the time either. But I will say this, and I can say it, I think, with pretty good level of honesty and integrity. I probably eat about two donuts a year. Or I should say I have donuts maybe twice a year because sometimes I eat more than one. But regardless, I don't do it very often. I've done a pretty good job overall of getting my diet in order in terms of eating healthier food more often than I eat junkier food. But I fall off the wagon sometimes. And I will say that the first half of this year, probably up until about maybe April or May, so the first quarter, first third of the year, something like that, I was off of it pretty much from Christmas on. It wasn't good. And I was giving in to things that I shouldn't give in to basically just not the willpower. And yeah, I'm the health guy on the radio. I get it. But I also don't want to be a hypocrite. And I don't want to tell you that I do it all right all of the time. There are other people who talk about the things that I do that do better than I do. I guess what I'm trying to point out is that I'm one of you in a lot of ways. I'm not the guy who you know, hits the gym two hours every day and does meditation 30 minutes every day and eats only organic food grown out of my own garden. I do have an organic garden and I do eat mostly organic food. So I do a lot of things right, but I do a lot of things wrong. My point being that what I'm about to say is about all of us. This is me saying, if we're really in this together, which I keep hearing, then let's be in this together for real. Because I think the being in this together right now is just a propaganda statement to make us all feel better about losing all of our liberties. But we can be in this together for real, and we can really win this fight. So let me tell you a little story. I was at Bowman's Grocery Store up in Kaysville. It's where I do most of my shopping nowadays. A lot of you know I don't like wearing a mask. I don't think it's good for me. I think it restricts my oxygen. I don't particularly think it protects me from COVID. My opinion Yours may vary, but regardless, that's how I feel. And Bowman's doesn't require that I wear one. So I go there to shop. I often go to uh, Myers in Lehigh or Highland as well. Both great stores, both awesome employees. I love the places. In fact, masks go away. They're going to keep my business. I love these stores. They're great. But at Bowman's, something that's been famous up in these parts in Kaysville and probably reaching down to Bountiful and maybe reaching up to Layton or Fruit Heights or something like that. Their employees, either affectionately or not, refer to it as the donut apocalypse. At 7 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time, all the donuts go 
half price. Now, Bowman's, unlike some grocery stores, has really good donuts. They really are good. And they have built this reputation for having these good donuts. And they aren't just selling out what's left at the end of the day. They make a bunch of donuts, <laughs> a bunch of donuts, thousands of them for the donut apocalypse, nightly, 7 p.m. Mountain Time at Bowman's. They go on half price and people go in there like just like, like ravenous dogs going after their donuts and they put together their own dozen or two dozen or whatever it is at half price and they get a pick and choose glazed or I don't even know what the name of all of them are, uh, Bismarck's or maple or chocolate or sprinkles, you know, all the donuts, right? And they go in there and you you got you to gotta throw some elbows to get your donuts. It's kind of nuts. But then we had the COVID apocalypse and it kind of brought a halt to the whole thing. It's sad in a way. Maybe not really <laughs> because we shouldn't be eating all these donuts, but regardless, a little sad because when that happened, people couldn't pick their own donuts anymore because, you know, all the self-serve stuff went away. And if you go into Bowman's after seven, which is typically when I shop, there's two or three people getting donuts and they're in pre-packed dozens. And it's a mix of whatever the employees decided to put together. And maybe people don't like that as much. Maybe it's not as crowded because of that. Maybe some people are saying, oh, there's this virus out there. Maybe I ought not to be eating so many donuts. I hope that that's the case. But I kind of don't think it is. I think it's just that it used to be more fun to pick your own donuts. Nevertheless, when I was at Bowman's earlier this week, I saw teens and parents waiting in line, wearing masks while buying a dozen donuts and sometimes chocolate milk and sometimes Diet Coke and sometimes regular Coke, and sometimes a bag of Twizzlers. But you get the idea. Now, that in and of itself isn't the worst thing in the world. We all binge sometimes and eat stuff we shouldn't eat. I just told you, I eat donuts sometimes myself. But maybe it is the worst thing in the world because maybe it's very indicative of the larger problem here. The CDC the World Health Organization, Fauci, Burks, and their ilk just keep spouting the same old tired preschool-level company lines. Wash your hands, sneeze into your sleeve, social distance, wear a mask. Not one of those things is good for your immune system. I want to reiterate that. I didn't say they won't prevent COVID. There's a lot of question marks as to whether or not they do but they are not good for your immune system. Excessive washing of hands and sanitizing them, not good for your immune system. Wearing a mask, not good for your immune system. Social distancing, not good for your immune system. Human contact is excellent for your immune system. So, not one word from the experts about immune enhancement, only avoiding the virus. In fact, immune enhancement ideas and strategies are being actively blocked on social media and the internet at large. So we have a huge problem in this country. We are sick, really sick. 60% of us have a chronic illness, 
40% have more than one. I could go on for days about the whys as to why we're sick, but I don't have days. In fact, I only have a few more minutes. So I want to focus on personal responsibility. We are continually being bombarded by messages on school campuses, billboards, TV commercials, news broadcasts, retail store signs, social media, and etc. about the virtues of wearing a mask. Where is the ad campaign about eating healthy food, avoiding junk food, exercising, taking immune-boosting supplements, drinking enough water, getting enough sleep, mitigating stress, detoxifying our homes, and so on. Well, for those fixated on masks as the virtuous thing to do, I say, put down your donut and let's talk. It's time to do something about your health. You can't tell me that I'm selfish for not wanting to wear a mask if you aren't selfish for overeating and hitting Taco Bell at 1 a.m. on your way home from a video game night. You can't tell me that I should social distance if you won't do 20 minutes of cardio a few times a week. You can't tell me to wash my hands and use hand sanitizer if you won't get 20 minutes a day in the sun to get your vitamin D and 8 hours of sleep. You can't tell me that I should cough into my sleeve if you won't take vitamin C and zinc. It is far past time to stop pointing fingers at anyone that isn't staring at you in the mirror. Even Michael Jackson knew that. High blood pressure and obesity are the two leading comorbidities for COVID-19. If you have either of these conditions, then you need to fix them. Now, if you want to wear a mask and social distance in the meantime, that's fine. But don't go to Bowman's buying Diet Coke and a half-priced donut or waiting at the drive-thru at McDonald's if you're concerned about COVID-19. That isn't fair to me, it isn't fair to your family, and it isn't fair to you. It's illogical. This isn't me virtue signaling you. I told you my many faults. This isn't me saying that the truth isn't about COVID-19 and people dying. The truth is that 94% of people dying, according to the CDC, are dying with at least one additional chronic illness, and in on average, 2.6. The truth, according to the CDC, that is if 60% of Americans weren't chronically ill, we would have very little reason to fear this virus. And this isn't me being insensitive to the sick among us. The truth is that some of these people don't have a lot of control over their chronic illness, at least not at this point. But we know that obesity, high blood pressure, and many others of these comorbidities are well within the vast majority of people's own control. It's time to take responsibility for you and your health and the health of your family And we can do it together. As I said, I keep hearing that we are in this together. So let's be in this together for real. Let's all get together and get healthy. This is the real way to fight coronavirus or any other pandemic that might come our way. 
When people ask me if I'm worried about coronavirus, I routinely say, no, I'm not worried. I know how to kill a virus. So for me, it is a two-part fix. Get healthy and get educated. Probably not in that order. Not one of us wants to cower in fear of an invisible enemy outside our homes. So ditch the fear and embrace the answers. If you are healthy, in the case of coronavirus, there's little need for concern. If you know how to kill a virus and you are healthy, then bam, you are empowered and you can help empower others. Let's do this. Let's fight the good fight and let's win and get the health, the freedom, and the life that we deserve. End rant. Okay, I'm going to cut to a break. When I come back, I'm going to talk about how you can also take responsibility in the fight against superbugs. I'll tell you how to do it with your personal hygiene, how to do it in your home, give you a bunch of good tips. I think you'll really appreciate it. And if you're not familiar with superbugs, I'll do a quick refresher on that. But you can also go back to last week's episode on any of the podcast apps and find it if you would like. I'm going to cut to a break. My name is Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. Vitality Nutrition has been serving Utah for over 40 years and Vitality Radio listeners for over a decade. Now we are here to serve you, the Vitality Radio podcast listener. If you have questions about what you have heard on the podcast, give us a call at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Or drop us an email at info at vitalityradiopod.com. We will give you the same great service we have been supplying for years to our local audience. At Vitality Nutrition, we do it old school. We like to talk to you and answer your health questions one-on-one. So call us, 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662 or email us at info at vitalityradiopod.com. Okay, welcome back to Vitality Radio. I'm Jared St. Clair. I'm your host each and every week, Saturday mornings locally on 1280 and 97.5 The Zone, the Utah Jazz Radio Network, and I am sad with you. I'm sad with you about Game 7. I'm so sorry. But we have to stop mourning our defeats, and embrace our victories. And what I talked about on the other side could be a great victory for this nation if we all just start taking personal responsibility for our own health and quit abdicating that to the experts, to our doctors, to anybody other than us. We've got to educate ourselves and then we've got to get well. And when we get well, we become empowered And we become a stronger individual, which will grow a stronger family, which will grow a stronger nation. And that's what Vitality Radio is all about. Last week on Vitality Radio, I talked about superbugs. And I'm going to talk about that for the rest of the show. But before I get into that, Vitality Radio, of course, is always brought to you by Vitality Nutrition and Bountiful at 107 South 500 West. You can call us at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292. 292-6662. If you're just tuning in now and you missed the beginning of the show, if you mention Vitality Radio today, Saturday the 5th of September, 
or Monday, Labor Day the 7th, you can get 43% off of the products that we have left from our 43rd birthday celebration. We have about 30 plus uh, items. Maybe there's even 35 or more items that are still at 43% off. If you mention Vitality Radio and they are some of the best products we sell, including 15 milligram CBD capsules, topical CBD for your skin irritations, aches and pains, and things like that, uh, whey protein, and a variety of other awesome things. Just mention Vitality Radio when you call 801-292-6662 or come in and we will take care of you. Okay, superbugs. What is a superbug? As I mentioned last week, there are a bunch of them. Many of them you've never heard of, but you've probably heard of MRSA, M-R-S-A, or C. diff. Maybe you've heard of C-R-E or V-R-E, but there's a whole bunch of them. And it doesn't really matter that much what they are until you get one. It matters what do we do to stop making them. So a superbug is basically a mutated organism, a bacteria, uh, generally sometimes a fungus that has gotten out of control to the point where it cannot be killed by the first line, sometimes even the second or third line of antibiotics that would be used against it. And the reason superbugs are becoming a thing is because we are continually trying to kill these things with antibiotics primarily. And as we try to do that, we succeed for a long period of time until the bug figures it out and says, ah, I'm going to mutate. So that antibiotic can't kill me anymore. That's a very non-scientific explanation, but that's basically what the truth is. And we are creating these things at an alarming rate. Over 700,000 people die annually of illnesses caused by these bugs. Interestingly, that is almost as many people who are estimated to have died from coronavirus this year. So keep in mind, that is a big number, 700,000 people. But what they're saying, the experts, is that at the rate that things are going, 700,000 will be a drop in the bucket. By 2050, there will be 50 million deaths every single year in this world from superbugs based on the rate of growth of these deaths from 2007 through 2018. That's a big deal. So if we have these superbugs and we know that of 80,000 aggressive MRSA cases in America, 11,000 of those people will die, that's a 14% casualty rate. That's insane. These things are literal killers. So what do we do about it? What do we do about it? I'm going to give you a list of things. And as I give you a list, I'm going to give you examples. And this is going to get a little bit more of a peek into my personal life in terms of how I handle my own health and the health of my family. And I hope you don't mind, but it's real world stuff. And I think it will be useful. If you have questions, of course, you just call us at Vitality Nutrition, 801-292-6662, and we'll answer those questions. So I'm going to try and be as thorough as I can without going too deep, because there are a lot of things that you can do personally in the fight against superbugs. And to a large extent, it comes back to what I said at the beginning of the show, personal responsibility matters with this stuff. So number one, don't take antibiotics unless you absolutely have to. And don't give them to your kids unless you absolutely have to. Now, I am not your doctor. I do not pretend to be your doctor. I don't even want to be your doctor. If that was the case, I would have gone to medical school. 
So I can't give medical advice. And if your doctor says you ought to have an antibiotic, then you get to decide whether or not you're going to take that because he or she is not you. Ultimately, you get to decide what to do. And the way that you figure out whether or not you should take that prescription is actually very simple. You educate yourself, like I constantly advocate for, and then you decide what you need to do. But antibiotics, according to the CDC and according to the World Health Organization, are overly prescribed by a massive number. As an example, sinus infections. Sinus infections, 85% of sinus infections in America, patients that go into their doctor get an antibiotic as their prescription. And yet 85%, the same number of sinus infections can't be treated with an antibiotic because they're viral, not bacterial. I want you to let that sink in. 85% of sinus infections cannot be successfully treated with an antibiotic. And yet 85% of sinus infection patients get an antibiotic. That's millions just there alone of antibiotic prescriptions that are, I wish, only just a waste of time and money. But in reality, they are a devastating impact on our on our, our earth, really, because now we're killing things that don't need to be killed. We're weakening our own immune system and our immune response from the next bug that comes along. And for what? For a treatment that literally has a 0% chance of working. So why is it that the last time you had a sinus infection and you went into your doctor and you asked for an antibiotic and he gave you one, your sinus infection was better in 10 days? Well, if your sinus infection was bacterial, then it was the antibiotic. But if like 85% of sinus infections, it was viral or fungal, then it wasn't the antibiotic. It just was your immune system fighting back because that's what immune systems do. You just killed it on your own. (gasps) Shocking that our bodies would be able to do such a thing, right? So before you go on an antibiotic for a sinus infection, Figure out if you've actually got a bacterial sinus infection. They can figure that out. And then decide. Or consider an alternative, like colloidal silver spray in the nostrils. Colloidal silver has been proven to, on contact, in vitro studies, to kill bacterias, viruses, and fungi. I almost said funguses, but it's fungi, right? Those three things in vitro in a Petri dish on contact, colloidal silver can kill within 24 to 48 hours or less. And if that's the case, then wouldn't that be a better alternative? Because then even if you don't know if it's bacterial or it's viral or it's fungal, at least silver has a chance. And silver, we know from clinical studies, is far, 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 far less damaging and does not seem to promote superbugs. So that's an option. Urinary tract infections. How about getting rid of a urinary tract infection without killing anything? Whoa! Now that is for my pacifist friends out there. Let's not kill the E. coli that's in your urinary tract. Let's just wash it out like it's on a slip and slide because that's what cranberry extract and D-mannose do. They literally create an anti-adherence factor 
Oh, so does hibiscus, by the way. There's a few things. An anti-adherence factor that makes the urinary tract slippery and the bacteria just slides out like it's on a water slide, which it essentially is. Because that's how the urinary tract ought to be. A water slide where bacteria gets in, but it doesn't stay there. It just slides right out the bottom. Antibiotics don't do that. Antibiotics can kill it, potentially, but... 25% of women in this country who've had a urinary tract infection once, by the time they're 50, have chronic urinary urinary tract infections. That's three to four, three to four a year or more. And yet we know that D-Manos has a 100% kill rate. Uh, Dang it, I said kill. Effectiveness rate at flushing bacteria out of the urinary tract. If it's E. coli, it gets rid of it 100% of the time, according to clinical studies. And if you get chronic urinary tract infections, you just use D-mannose once a day. And according to the studies, 85% of you who do that won't get another urinary tract infection. How's that? And guess what you didn't do? You didn't kill anything. You didn't create any extra strong superbugs. You didn't kill your good bacteria in your gut. You didn't hurt your immune system, but you did get rid of your urinary tract infection. Isn't that crazy? That's what the science actually shows. And yet antibiotics are the first line of defense for urinary tract infections. And some of the antibiotics they prescribe are deadly antibiotics that have been banned like Cipro in almost every other country but ours. So, You can get away without those. How about tooth infections? I'm going to get into this in depth. I'm going to do a a series of dental health shows. I don't know if that's exciting to you, but if you've had dental issues like I have throughout my life, it might be, it should be. But tooth infections, well, there's awesome stuff that can be used. Colloidal silver, hydrogen peroxide, xylitol. What's another one? Dr. Christopher's tooth powder. Oh my gosh, I love that stuff. It's amazing. Clove oil for pain, although it doesn't necessarily kill an infection. Ozone treatment, if you've got a dentist who's forward-thinking, like my dentist, Dr. Larson in Bountiful. All these things can work on tooth infections. Oregano oil. And then you can do a bunch of internal stuff as well. Very, very successfully. And how about uh, gum infections, gingivitis, receding gums? I've had excellent success with those things, fighting that. You don't necessarily need an antibiotic for that. That's not a life-threatening thing most of the time, right? Uh, Colds and sore throats, strep, things like that. Strep can be scary. It can be very painful, but strep is often successfully treated at home without antibiotics, including in my home. And the list goes on and on and on. How about don't eat antibiotics? Did you know that you're eating antibiotics in most of the pork and beef and often chicken as well that you eat? Because 70% of antibiotics produced in this country are fed to the animals that we then feed upon. You are often getting it in your dairy. Did you know that 25% of cows, that dairy cows that are milked, can have an active infection as long as they're on an antibiotic to kill it? As long as the milk is pasteurized, it kills it. So that's okay, right? Except that doesn't kill the antibiotic that's in the milk. It only kills the infection. So I would 
tell you that organic milk is the only way to go, but actually the only, only, only way to go is organic raw milk. And if you have a hard time finding it, call us at Vitality Nutrition, 801-292-6662, and I'll recommend how you can get it. But organic meat, organic milk, those are the ways that you avoid antibiotics in your food because you don't want to take antibiotics with dinner. You just don't. And how about don't eat antibiotics on your veggies? your grains. They're sprayed. Human antibiotics, otherwise known as glyphosate or Roundup, is sprayed on our genetically modified crops at massive quantities, megatons. We can avoid those by eating organic veggies and fruits. You can look online under uh, the Clean 15 or the Dirty Dozen. If you look up the Dirty Dozen, you'll find the movie. But if you look up the Dirty Dozen vegetables and fruits, then you'll find the EWG website that tells you what the fruits and veggies are that have the most nasty pesticides and herbicides sprayed on them. That is the dirty dozen. And then the clean 15, the ones that they don't use very many. So if you want to conserve your cash and not use quite as much money on organic food, then you just buy organic in the dirty dozen category. That works. It's a great starting point. And don't use antibacterial wipes, soaps, sprays, hand sanitizers, You can do other things instead, like just wash your hands with hot water and soap, regular old non-antibacterial soap. It works just as well or better, and that's according to not me, but the actual CDC. One thing that I will say that I appreciate, they're not much, but one thing that I'll say I appreciate is that they have talked a lot about hand washing more so than hand sanitizing during this COVID thing, and that's a good thing because hand washing is much, much healthier for our environment, and it's much healthier for you. How about cleaning your home without nasty chemicals? You can use white vinegar for almost anything. I mean, I seriously, you can use it as a weed killer. It's phenomenal. If you need a recipe, let me know. We've got it at Vitality Nutrition, or you can just Google it and find a white vinegar weed killer. They're out there too. You can use e-cloth instead of chemicals. E-cloth Takes care of 99.9% of bacteria, just like Lysol and Clorox do, with no chemicals whatsoever. E-cloth are washcloths, rags, towels, things like that that you can use in your home. You can find them online. You can find them at a variety of stores, including Vitality Nutrition. And I'm telling you, if you've never used an e-cloth, you haven't lived cleaning your home. E-cloth is awesome. And cleaning your body can be chemical-free too. Certainly doesn't need to be done with antibacterial soaps. And if you're using an antibacterial in the shower, please, please, please don't. Did you know that the antibacterial compound triclosan that is found in most antibacterial soaps is also found in 93% of human breast milk in America? That means breastfeeding babies are are being given an antibiotic by their mother through their breast milk. That makes me sick. And guess what? It makes the baby sicker too. This is bad stuff and it makes no sense. It makes no sense. And an added bonus of not using all this stuff, all these chemicals, is you can avoid a lot of xenoestrogens that mess up your endocrine system and can lead to the obesity that I talked about in the first half of the program. There are so many things that we can do if we just educate ourselves. And that's what Vitality Radio is about. I hope that that's what you come away with every week when you listen to my show is that I'm just trying to give you a different perspective and a short education on how you can live a healthier, less fearful life in 2020 and beyond. 
by just educating yourself and empowering yourself and your family to do what it takes to not have to rely on drugs and surgeries or even masks and social distancing to maintain optimal health. I love doing this show. I'm grateful for any time, any time, even if it's just between store visits on a Saturday morning that you're willing to give to me listening. I appreciate it. If you like what you hear, go tell somebody. Spread the word. Share the show on social media. Give me a positive review if you like the show on Apple Podcasts. Anything that you can do to share the show would be great. If you've not listened to the podcast, if you're podcast illiterate, find somebody younger (laughs) who probably isn't. I know a lot of people do have to do that. And that's okay because we all need to learn something too. And there's a lot of great shows out there. Certainly not just mine. I listen to a lot of podcasts all week long, and that's part of where I get some of this information that I share with you. Thank you so much for listening to me. I hope this show has been empowering to you. I hope it's been educational. I love any feedback, either positive or negative. Give it to me straight. Call us at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. If you want to get a hold of me directly, info at vitalitynutrition.net. That's info at vitalitynutrition.net is an email address. But you can also friend me on Facebook. I take all comers. Or you can find us on facebook.com slash vitalityradio or vitalitynutrition. We would love to have you interact with the show any way that you can. More than anything, thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy. If you're already doing many of these things to make our world a better place and to make your family and your home a healthier place, I very much appreciate it because it impacts us all. It impacts us all. Thank you so much for listening to me. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. been listening to the vitality radio podcast enjoy your week in the meantime jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it vitality radio is researched and written by jared st Clair, produced by elizabeth joy windham with very limited help from jared our awesome music is by brian bob young Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Vitality Radio. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast has not been evaluated by the FDA. This podcast is provided with the understanding that the information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a medical professional. Thank you.